Good morning. As we go through our different seasons of our lives, our priorities sure change a lot, don't they? And thank goodness they do. At age four, I wanted to be Shirley Temple, sailing away on the good ship Lollipop. Yeah. By age seven, Dale Evans was absolutely the coolest, cowgirl boots, six shooters, and a horse named Buttermilk. You know, what's not to like there? And better yet, I could have been a musketeer. you know. The list went on and on and on of other worthy heroes. But in my late 20s, it was kind of like a light came on, and I finally recognized my true hero, my mother. She was there all the time, but I didn't recognize what I had right in front of me. I was 26 years old when I had our first child. Took one look at that baby girl and thought, I'm a trouble. <laughs> and at that point, I looked at my mother with different eyes, woman to woman. And I saw something there that absolutely took my breath away. Now, you need to know a little bit about my mother's history to appreciate her. I knew her history, and it took me 26 years to get it. Mom was orphaned by the time she was six, by the time she was seven. The six children were sent to five different homes in three different states. They would not see each other for literally years. Terrified, my mom and her little sister were sent to Fort Scott to live with a grandmother that she did not know and had never met. During her childhood, mom was sent to live with many, many, many homes. At her job at age eight was to clean and iron for the households she lived with. And if she didn't do a good job, or if they dared to mention the word adoption, she was pulled back out and sent back to live with grandmother. She lived in an emotional tug of war of conditional love and performance-based acceptance. Tough life. But fortunately, she grew to love the family of God that she met at the Baptist church. And there she also met her Lord and Savior. Many showed mom the love that she had been missing out on. And ironically, two of those who shared with her were my son-in-law, Aaron Malone's great-grandmothers, Billy Wood and Nina Norris. Talk about a cool Savior. We sure do. Then my, ordin or then my honorary dad came along. He hadn't changed any. He's still honorary. And they were soon married. After six weeks of dating, she would have shot me. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> and what did mom know about marriage or family? Absolutely nothing. But a legacy began as God blessed mom with an amazing, godly mother-in-law who mentored her and loved her through those early years. And Grandma taught Mom many things, some with words, but mostly by example. The things Mom learned from Grandma, she in turn began teaching me, and the lessons were caught, far more than taught. Lesson number one, love means sacrifice. For instance, one weekend, my sister Irene had a friend come home spend the night. Mom fixed hot dogs, gourmet favorite, 
And they came in packages of eight, five of us, one friend, no problem. Dad ate his two, we each ate our one, Nancy ate three. Okay, so early in the meal, Mom hops up and starts cleaning the, putting things away, and we're going, what, you know? Oh, Mom chose not to eat at all so that there would be plenty. Sacrifice. Mom was a city girl, and she liked it that way. We moved to the farm. Life was not easy for her. She had gone from indoor plumbing and automatic clothes washer to an outhouse and a ringer washer. It was not in her comfort zone at all. One year, I remember Dad had to be away from home uh, for a job. And so Mom was stuck taking care of the critters that she couldn't stand. She had to help with the birthing of the calves, the pigs, without Dad's help. And she would come out of the barn, throw up, and then go back into the barn in tears and as long as it was needed. Why? Because she knew it had to be done for the family. Thank you, Mom, for teaching me that love means sacrifice, putting your needs after those of others. Lesson number two, the importance of family. It's easy to see why family was a high priority for mom. When you lose your entire family, you just don't put up with disrespecting or mistreating each other. And she let me know, your sisters are a gift from God, no excuses. I would have probably argued for a gift exchange if I could have found the right service desk, but it didn't happen. But thank you, mom for teaching us that family is not a guarantee. It's not a guarantee. It is a gift to be treasured and protected. The final lesson and the most important was faith. I would say Proverbs 3.5 was mom's secret to survival. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In mama language, that just means don't try to parent alone. You're going to screw it up, you know. Lean on God. Trust him. He's going to guide you through some of the most difficult challenges you've ever faced. But holding on to him, that's a possibility, and it'll work. Mom learned very early in life that she could not control the storms that hit her family. Neither can I. Life for her was often uncertain and at times painfully tragic. But she had learned to trust the Lord with all her heart. Her Heavenly Father was the only father she had that was there from day one to year 81. And she made sure that we knew her father. She made sure of it. This faith legacy is kind of a, like a family relay race we have going Grandma Winter passed it to Mom. Mom passed it to me. And my prayer is that I won't drop it and continue to pass it to my children. And I give my daughters the very advice that I grew to understand about my mom. As a mother, you're going to do your best, your absolute very best, knowing that you will still fail. Trust God to fill the empty spaces that you were unable to feel. 
knowing that you are never, ever intended to be everything and do everything for your child. Mm -mm. God uses those empty places of pain and suffering to teach the greatest lessons and grow a child's faith into the faith of a young woman or the faith of a young man. My kids aren't perfect. They mess up, just like their dad, their mother, just like their mom. And if I rescue them, they miss the opportunity to see God in action and to develop their own adult faith. No, my job, I am there to give them an unconditional love, the kind of love that my mom gave me because she understood how precious and valuable it was. Maybe if my children accept my unconditional love that is so imperfect, they will grow to trust and rely on God's unconditional love that is absolute perfection. Sis, it's your turn. Well, it was my senior year in high school, and I was getting ready for my first date with this particular guy. And I was excited, nervous at the same time, but he assured me it was fine. We started the dinner with a dinner, or we started the date with a dinner, ice cream, and then eventually hung out with mutual friends. The evening progressed into an evening of cemetery tag. I was not too keen on the concept of going hanging out in the cemetery after dark, but my date assured me it would be fine. No big deal. Okay, great. After the game of tag, we headed off to a family's house and we watched a movie. I knew that my curfew was midnight, and I also knew that looking at the clock, I was going to be pushing it a little close. So like a good daughter, I called my parents and said, hey, can I have an extension on the curfew? My dad generously gave me 30 minutes. I knew that was not going to finish my evening, not going to finish my mo movie. I bickered with my dad, and he generously said, I'll see you at 12.30. Unhappy, I decided, okay, fine, whatever. Well, I finished my movie. It was about 12.15, and my date looked at me, and he was kind of nudging me and asked if, I could t if he could take me home. I assured him, nope, I was finishing my movie. 12.30 rolled around. I think everybody in the room offered to take me home. And again, I smiled and said, I'm finishing my movie. Many minutes later, I roll up into the driveway, peek into the door, and I see my dad pacing and my mom sitting nice, calm in the chair, which is a role reversal, and I knew I was in huge trouble because I had talked to my dad on the phone. Push came to shove. I walk in. Dad asked me, hey, did you finish the movie? Yep, I did. And the only, his only response was, I hope it was worth it. He put out his hand. I knew exactly what that meant. Thanks to Bob and Jamie Beckham, that afternoon, we had discussed a new curfew rule, which was for every minute late was a day without a car. Needless to say, the next two to three months were the worst two to three months of my senior year. It was awful. As of then, I knew my parents had mastered the concept of tough love. Even then, I knew growing up that I dreamed of having what my parents had. I knew that I was raised in a home with love and security. 
which was not a problem. And the respect and love that they had for each other, I saw every day, even to the point of embarrassment. I would watch Dad grab Mom and twirl her in the kitchen for a quick dance while she was supposed to be making us dinner. Or Mom sneaking a quick kiss on her way by Dad's recliner. And the worst of it was walking, watching them walk down the mall, holding hand in hand, knowing that they didn't care who watched, except for I watched. I hated it. That was the most disgusting thing I could ever see my parents do. I asked them to stop. Of course they didn't. They didn't care. I figured out that they did that because they loved us. They loved each other, and they wanted us kids never to doubt the love and respect they had to, with each other. I knew that they loved each other because they had loved and trusted God first, each other second, and themselves last. As an adult, I love seeing my parents as an example of a Christian couple and what it should be look like. I also appreciate my mom more and more, and especially for the concept of the virtuous woman and the example that she has given us. In Proverbs 31, 10, verse 31, 10 through 31, it discusses the virtuous wife. Not only has my mom shown me what a virtuous wife looks like, a virtuous mother and a, a, and a woman. Verse 17 and 18, it talks about her being energetic, strong, and a hard worker. I see that all the time in her classroom and at home and just wherever. The second part of that talks about the bargains. I have mastered the concept of shopping. I love coming in and laying out all my goodies and showing my husband what I bought and how much I saved. And then right after that, he says, well, how much did you spend to save all that? It doesn't really matter. I got it off the clearance rack. So I was learning what mom had taught. Verse 21 talks about her extending her hand to the poor and opening her arms to the needy. It was very obvious in our household that mom and dad trusted God in every situation. It was obvious that if we as a family had enough and we had somebody else that mom and dad knew didn't have enough, we gave up what we had to give them. Us kids didn't second-guess the reason why mom and dad had asked us to do this. We just knew that it was put on their heart by God and that we were to honor it. Many years ago, there was a young lady that we knew that had a baby that wasn't able properly to take care of it. I remember participating in or maybe just eavesdropping on the conversation of my parents of her mom saying, well, if they can't find a spot for the baby, I'll just take care of it myself. Hmm. The house is big enough for another child. We can take care of it. The girls have shared rooms before. They can do it again. Not a big deal. Wow. My dad just smiled, hesitated, and said, Oh, let's just see what happens. My mom loved without any hesitation. This was in the midst of having one kid headed to college, a daughter in high school, another one in middle school, and a son in elementary school. Love unconditionally. Verse 25 and 26 of Proverbs 31 says that she is clothed in strength and dignity. She speaks with words of wisdom and the kindness that through her instruction. Again, I see that every place my mom goes. I always remember her saying, if God had put a situation or somebody on your heart, he's asking you to pray, write a note, or help out where you can, or a combination of the three. That stuck with me. Mom always prays and seeks for God's will to be done and not her own. Secondly is the wife concept. If you ask my husband, I have lots to learn and many places to grow. 
But what I have learned from my mom is amazing. I watched my mom stand beside my dad and then work as a team. They've worked as a team since I was little, and they continue as an adult. I knew that I wanted what they had. I wanted a godly husband that I could stand next to, that I could support, and likewise him do the same for me. I've been blessed to see mom and dad go from good times to bad times to challenging times. And they all situations, they have God as their guide. I knew I wanted that. And I appreciate mom marrying a man that I can watch and learn from and know what I want as a man, in a man. So then on, my goal was to find that godly man. The godly man that had the same qualities as my dad and that had used God as his guide. I've been lucky enough to find that. And I've been lucky enough to get ready to start this new journey with him, which I'm excited. And that's to be a mom. Verse 15 talks about moms getting up before dawn, talking care, taking care of breakfast, getting ready for the household. Verse 21 talks about providing warm weather or warm clothes in the wintertime. And verse 28 talks about her children being able to um, bless her and her husband praise her. This role as a mom, my mom truly enjoys, I believe. She has an amazing ability to sew, to cook, to laugh. The ability to get up every morning and make us breakfast, which we got three to four times a week. From the ability to have a house full of kids, even if it meant it wasn't her own. With us, girls and Blake, mom never declined the opportunity to have a house full and have um, company over. If it meant a group of 13 girls as a come-as-you-are party that she picked up at 5.30 in the morning, or a group of college boys that mom got a phone call Thursday night, hey, can we crash at your house on Friday night? Mom always provided. She, I think, thinks that we are blessings from God, which she just has the honor to take care of. As for me, my journey as a mom is just now beginning. As much as it's a little scary, I have to admit I'm terrified. But I know that I have a legacy that I am willing to pass on, that I pray that I can. I started it off as finding a God-serving partner and having a fantastic family to lean on. I pray that my son grows up not only hearing, but also seeing that God is the center of our home wherever we are and in whatever situation we are in. I want to continue the legacy of trusting God and loving God is my guide. I hope to be able to be the first woman that my son sees as a godly Christian woman and know that how a woman should talk, speak, and treat others. My desire is to demonstrate God's love in my home that my son never hesitates and second guesses the amount of love and support that I love his father and the unconditional love and care that I have for him and the respect and dignity that I treat with others with. 2 Timothy 1.5 says, I know that you sincerely trust the Lord, for you have the faith of your mother Eunice and the grandmother of Lois. I would love to plug in my own grandparents, Margaret, and my mom, Joyce. And that the qualities that I am able to um, imitate. I'm proud to say that I have a legacy of trusting God and loving him and using him as my first place. My grandmother and mom don't always, or they always preach the Bible, but they live it out daily. I can only hope that my son will be able to look back and know that I too trusted God and loved him. 
To the mothers out there today, I ask that you look in the mirror for just a split second. As my mom mentioned, we are far from being perfect. We are humans. But I also ask that some, I know some of you are on the stage where you have daughters and kids that you see as friends and not so much as the, the daughter-son. Some of you are in the more challenging stages where you just try not to kill them every day. And some of you are still able to rock your babies to sleep at night. Wherever you are in this journey and adventure of being mom, I ask that you choose to use God as your guide and to know that he overall sees the big picture and not just what we see, the day-to-day things. I hope that your children not only, well, they won't, I promise you, they don't understand and don't like sometimes the things that you do or say. But I ask and I promise that if you have God as your guide and they see God's love pouring out of you, they will respect your decisions. Be that godly woman that your children want and has as examples, especially your daughters. Mom, daughters need somebody to talk to the sensitive topics with, to come with a heartfelt situation and know that there's a shoulder to cry on. I challenge you to be that virtuous woman that your daughter wants in her life and wants to imitate. To those of you that have sons, I pray that you have or choose to develop those God qualities that he needs as he is growing up and will eventually, hopefully, find in a godly partner. Take a look at the legacy that you are holding on to. Are you going to pass on the one that's worldly or the one that's heavenly? And is your legacy one that is pointing others to God or just to themselves? And I'll end with a verse, 2 Timothy 1.9. It says, It is God who saved us and chose us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserve it, but because that was his plan long before the world began, to show his love and kindness to us through Jesus Christ. I pray, as God has given you the job of a mother to you, that means he trusts you and loves you enough to raise his kids. Hold up your end of the bargain and continue his legacy of love. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for these two ladies who have spoken to us today and just this thought of having a legacy of faith. I thank you, Father, for their legacy, for Hazel Winter, who took her daughter-in-law, Margaret, underneath her wing and just taught her about the faith and taught her about being a mom. And then that Margaret could learn those lessons of faith and lessons of love, and she turned around and shared it with Joyce. And Joyce caught those lessons. She listened. She hid those lessons into her heart and into her life, and then she turned around and shared those lessons with, with Amber. And Father, now Amber has it on her heart to share those lessons with her son to be born in a few months. And Father, 
just may the chain go unbroken. And for each of us, help us to look at our lives and our situations and determine to have a legacy of faith. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What about your situation? Maybe some of you are having that legacy of faith happening already where the faith has been in the former generation and it's been passed to you and you are trying to pass it on to the next generation. And may God bless you in those efforts. Maybe you're sitting there and saying, you know, I really don't have that kind of legacy of faith. Well, God has gifted you with that opportunity to begin a legacy. May it start with you. May you pass that legacy of faith on to the next generation and pray that the chain will be unbroken as the generations come and go. I want to ask you, what is the best thing that you can do for your mom? You know, and really that question applies to whether your mom is living still or not. The best thing that you can do for your mom is to love Jesus with all of your heart. If your mom is one who's already passed on, she's not with you anymore, still the very best thing you can do is love Jesus. She knows firsthand how important that is. She knows that there is nothing else in all of the world as important as loving Jesus. Might you choose to love Jesus in honor of her? Maybe your mom is still with you today. Maybe she's a Christian. The best thing you could do for your Christian mom is to love Jesus. She knows how important that is. That's the desire of her heart, is that you would love Jesus. And that thought of spending eternity with with you forever, that's the desire of her heart. May you choose to love Jesus and give her joy while she's here as she sees you walking in the faith. Maybe you have a mom that's not a Christian. The best thing you could do for that mom is to love Jesus because you may be the only one who will have a chance to show her Jesus and so my challenge to you today each and every one of you would be that you would choose to love Jesus with all of your heart there is no greater gift there's no greater honor that you could give to your mom today than to love Jesus with your whole heart. Let's stand together, please.